0: You are listening to Amplify Your Success podcast, episode 231. And today we're gonna be talking about how to use social media to move the revenue needle in your business. You're ready for this, let's get started. Welcome to the Amplify Your Success podcast. Get ready to ramp up your revenue, amplify your impact, and make your mark in the world. This is the show for experts, thought leaders, and service professionals who wanna shatter their limits and achieve that next level, you're gonna find out from other experts and influencers how they made it. Now let's get Amplified. Hello there, inspired entrepreneurs and business leaders. Are you ready for another great wisdom bomb coming your way? Today we're talking about social media and with so many social media platforms erupting all over the place, We've got to understand what the right moves are on social media that are really gonna make a difference, even if you don't have a big following. My guest today is an expert in this area and she's got some great tips to share. Now, one of the things that's really confusing for people on social media is this illusion that we have to have influencer status or we have to like take influencer pictures to really get some traction. And I'm really heavy on Instagram and Twitter, now Clubhouse, and I, you know, I keep my my self active on LinkedIn and Facebook, especially my Facebook page. It's a lot to manage, so there's some tricks to keeping it all moving forward. But Let me go back to influencer status. Like influence is in the mind of the beholder. It's one of the things I always say. And so in order to influence people, one of the things everybody has at their ability, has the ability to do, I should say, is to create awareness on their expertise and how that expertise solves problems. That's the most influential thing you can do. And one of the things you have to do is know how to monetize that authority, okay? It's one thing to put it out there in your visibility strategies, but it's another thing to have the -the behind-the-scenes elements in place to transform that visibility into highly paying clients. I'd like to share with you eight factors that are critical that will make or break the revenue needle for you. If you go to authorityamplifiers.com, You can download a copy of my eight steps to becoming a highly paid authority and recognize what of those steps are actually gonna move the needle for you right now. If they are weak areas, you're probably working way too hard for the results you have right now and you're putting a lot of traction out there but not getting results in the client side and that's fixable. So head over to authorityamplifiers.com Download the free guide, go through it, and pick at least one of the elements to focus on over the next 30 days. Now, let's get into today's episode. I'm excited to introduce you to my guest today, business coach and author, Jennifer Sneeden. She's the author of the new book, Attracting Clients in Uncertain Times, Now, Jennifer's the author of three books now and has helped thousands of therapists and coaches all over the world create thriving six-figure businesses that they love. Jennifer understands that success in business starts from within, but mindset must be combined with effective marketing techniques in order to get results. Jennifer, you are talking my language. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm excited to talk about social media and like how to really leverage it, even if you don't have a big following.
1: Thank you so much. It is absolutely a pleasure to be on because I know that you and I have so many similar views about what it takes to grow and run a successful business. And I love your work. So thank you so much. It's really a pleasure to be here.
0: Oh, thanks. You would see me blushing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's funny, like I'm reading your introduction and I'm realizing like it really is about mindset. And it's something we talk about in most of our programs is like you can take all the actions in the world, but you've got to have the right mindset that goes with it. So I'm glad we're going to bring those two factors together today and talk about social media. Now, when we were in the green room, you were sharing a little story uh, about this last year. And I really think it's so interesting how social media has become an important important and valuable platform. And yet so many people are under utilizing it or don't know how to use it. They're confused by it. So let's just start with why is social media such a great place to kind of move the needle in your visibility right now?
1: Oh, yes. I love that question. So, you know, I think of the role of social media in twofold really, because the first part is it is a step in the client journey. So even if you're not out there getting clients on social media, maybe through paid ad strategies or lives or groups or whatever your strategy is, you have to understand that before clients are willing to work with you or eager to work with you, I should say, they're going to be checking you out on social media, right? So it's funny, um, as, as we're recording this, I broke my wrist um, six days ago So I am looking for a hand surgeon. And my doctor said, okay, call Dr. Zorowski. Well, what is the first thing that I did? I went to check him out online, right? Even though I got the personal recommendation, I wanted to see his um, Facebook. Did he have a social media presence? Does he have good reviews, right? So it's a stage in the journey that clients go through before working with you. So often people say, That you know, I have 42 likes on my Facebook page. What's the point of even posting? But you have to understand that not being active on social media is going to cost you clients, and that's a really important part of the journey. The other piece of this is. Again, and we can talk client attraction on social media. I can talk that all day long. But even if you're not using social media as a primary client attraction device, it's how people get to know and like you. So I'll post a picture of my chocolate lab, Coco, riding in the backseat of the car. And then everybody starts posting pictures of their dogs. And one, one person posted a picture of her hedgehog. And so there is no better place on social than social media to develop this know, like, and trust factor with our current clients and with our potential clients. And holy cow, do we need connection like never before right now? Mm, I'm so glad you brought that up because I think people
0: don't understand what is happening in the research and in the pre-purchase process that you're vetting people out online. Like if I'm going to hire a virtual assistant or a contractor for my business, guess what I'm doing? I am looking on LinkedIn to see what they're saying they do there. How many recommendations do they have? I'm looking to see how active they are. I'm looking at their web presence, right? Like we are always going to research people before we buy, before we hire them. I am always a big big person for Yelp too. So, <laughs> oh yes, yes, yes.
1: I'm more of a Google review person, but definitely yes, okay. you you want those reviews. Like you know, we use the term social proof. We mm-hmm. want to know that other people have worked with you and like your work and and even if you don't have a lot of social proof, maybe you have a small business, maybe you're just starting out, at least let people know that you're here and you get them and they can develop that relationship. With you.
0: Well, you mentioned something that I know comes up for people that I talk to about uh, their brand presence, and that's the size of our following, right? (laughs) Because we have this this message that gets proliferated out there about getting a big following and, you know, influencers get paid by having 20,000 gazillion followers on Instagram and you know, there's a lot of misinformation and I think confusing information. So what is important about the size of your following and
1: do we need to focus on that? Oh, this is a good question. Do you remember, Melanie, the first time you got a follower that you didn't actually know in real life, like somebody that wasn't your mother? <laughs> I remember that day that I was like, oh my gosh, a real person that I don't know is following me on social media. And it was super exciting. Jennifer, I still get that way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do a little happy dance when somebody
1: new who follows me on my Facebook page. I'm like, oh, somebody new. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I think it's it always happens, right? Yeah and it's exciting because you know that your message is getting out there in the world. But you know Melanie you've got a large social media presence. You started with zero followers. I started with zero followers. Like everybody starts at zero and you can't minimize where you are because you're at zero or 10 or 20 or whatever number that you're at. So so if this is where you are right now I really want you to hear that It's okay because, um, people, as we talked about before, like they're using this as part of the research process. So as long as you've got content, the people that want to work with you have something to connect with and they'll want to follow you. And you also have a lot of what we kind of call the invisible followers, right? They're they're checking you out on, on social media, even if they're not necessarily following you, which is why it's so important to have really good content. And the other piece of this is if you're really relying on social media as a client attraction strategy, which I love and I highly recommend, it's our primary client attraction strategy for my business, You, that's not based on your followers. So you could have a page with 82 people that like it and still promote your services to 100,000 people all over the world, and they could fall in love with you through paid ad strategies. So don't feel like your audience, your followers, determines how many people can see and hear your message on social media. You need to disconnect those two things in your mind, because paid ads is how you build your audience and how you do more outreach work. Hmm. Okay, we're going to dig into that in a minute because
0: I know that's another thing that gets people a little uh uh spinny. <laughs> it's like <laughs> the idea of doing ads, right? Now you referred to some things that make me think we're talking about Facebook here. Um, so do you have a preferred platform for entrepreneurs and service professionals that we should really be paying attention to? Oh, I do. You like you want to hear this? I do. I'm excited. I'm really excited
1: it's where your clients are. So my clients are on Facebook. Facebook gets 90% of my time and attention and love. Many of my clients' clients are on Instagram and they don't even bother with Facebook. So this really comes down to knowing who your client is and knowing where they are because I really I really encourage people to be where your clients already are. It just makes your life so much easier in every aspect of your business. So if your clients are on TikTok, that's where you need to be. But if your clients are on Instagram, get really solid on Instagram before you attempt TikTok. Like let's not try to conquer the world, right? Get really good at one platform and choose the one that your clients are on. Like you talked about LinkedIn. If that's where your clients are, that's where you want to be. If not, it's Instagram, it's Facebook, it's TikTok, it's wherever you're going to get the easiest connection with your potential clients. And we've brought up a couple of different platforms. Let's
0: say somebody thinks their clients are on all of them, right? Yeah. So we don't necessarily need to be everywhere all the time, but do you have a suggestion for three or one or cross promote or what's what's your best tip there?
1: Yeah. So I always like starting with one. And if I were starting from scratch today, I would start on Instagram I came to Instagram pretty late in the game and um, my Facebook presence has just always remained a lot stronger than my Instagram presence. But if I were starting brand new today, I think I would start with Instagram because it's got a lot of um, great energy around it and it's got some real flexibility around it. When we're talking in terms of where you're posting content, when we talk in terms of Um, if you're running ads where you want to run ads, then I think Instagram and Facebook is absolutely master that and then go play with what's next and what's next and what's next. Hmm. I love that. Okay. So let's explore, let's say somebody's like, all right, Jennifer,
0: I'm in, I'm going to do this. I know I got to get better at social media or they, maybe they're thinking of outsourcing it to somebody What are the kinds of things that really
1: get better traction on social
0: media right now?
1: Yeah, so we are all so desperate for connection right now that the, the posts that perform so well are absolutely 100% going to be pictures of your face. And people just, they want to see you, even if your hair's not perfect, even if your makeup's not perfect, even if the lighting doesn't look like Rachel Hollis's lighting, right? We have to just kind of get over this idea that we have to be picture perfect because your clients are, I mean, I'm desperate for connection in my life right now. And I know so many other people are and we're looking for it on social media. So, really, um, pictures of you are really important and personal content. So often we feel like we've got to. Um, Almost educate, that's the word I'm I almost educate through social media, and that's good. But what really bonds people to us are the posts, you know. Um, if I post a picture of myself, I people gift me the best coffee mugs. And when I post a picture with a silly coffee mug, that gets the biggest engagement. Or if I pick if I post a picture of my dog, or just you know, where I am at a restaurant or something like that, people really want to know you, because that's what, that's what you have to offer to them, that connection and that relationship. Nobody else can offer that in the same way you can. So the more you can humanize yourself and develop that personal relationship, the more people will really respond to you on social media.
0: Okay. So I had to open up my Instagram while we're talking, cause I'm more of an Instagram than a Facebook person. Uh, and I was looking back over my posts and anything that was uh, like me telling a story.
1: Oh, stories,
0: yes. Behind the scenes. Like uh, I just posted a picture of the retreat uh, goodie boxes that we're packing up for my Amplifier Circle members. And things like that, I outperform almost five to one. I've noticed. And, and video, definitely video, we get good traction
1: with too. Yep.
0: Yep. So how does that translate to, okay, so I got to dig a little bit deeper into Facebook because I, I will just say straight out, I know Facebook's effective. I have a love-hate relationship with it, right? Because there's so many places we have to be on Facebook. We got to have a page. We got to have our profile. We're not supposed to put business stuff on our profile. We've got groups. What are you seeing that's really working best for your clients and, and what you're teaching? Where should we be present
1: there? with specifically with regard to Facebook? Yes, Uh, definitely on your page. So, so if you're, let's call it a social media dabbler, focus on your page, right? If you're all in and you, you thrive on social media, you love the connection, do a group because they've got a lot of momentum right now, but don't weigh yourself down with this, just know that there is no better vehicle to share your message with the world, reach new people, and really make a difference in your work. Even if you never know who these people are, then than social media, whether it's Instagram or whether it's Facebook. And really what so many people do is they'll post on Instagram and then just share it to Facebook. If Instagram's your personal, or I'm sorry, your preferred platform, that's perfectly fine to do. What I don't want people to do is burden themselves down with this. Because when you start to think, I've got to post something on Instagram and then something on Facebook, and now I've got a group to manage and oh wait a minute, I'm supposed to be running ads. Suddenly this whole big thing falls apart because you're just never going to do it. So what energizes you? Is it a post a week on Instagram? Great. That's where you should be. Is it, you know, running Instagram and then some paid ads? Great. That's where you should be. Social media is so important that you have to find a way to make it work for you. And if that means just a bare bones presence, that's okay. It's so much better than posting nothing.
0: Yeah, that's great advice. And Um, again, it goes back to like, where's your clients, as you were saying earlier, and what are they responding to? You know, do they respond more to the video? Do they respond to the posts? Is it a combination? Yeah.
1: It's testing, isn't it? It is. It is very much testing. And for a lot of people, and maybe this is true for a lot of your listeners, it's about going a little more personal than you think you should with regard to business content. Hmm. Say more about that.
0: Cause I, I'm making up a story that I think I know what you mean, but, um, I would love to hear what
1: you mean by that. And maybe an example. Okay. So a client of mine is she does Reiki. Okay. So you would think that her Facebook page should be about, well, Reiki, but actually the biggest posts for her are the ones that seem a little bit more personal pictures with her grandchildren. She did. So I'm, um, we offer a social media subscription service where we provide people with all of their social content every month. So we get like a sneak peek behind the scenes in terms of post performance and what really works. And, um, we what what works the best are the silly posts like post a picture of your desk clean and organized or is it a disaster zone or you know post a picture of your pet things that get people engaged and that are really fun we love the 311 formula and we teach this to our clients and we do this in our subscription service three fun or inspirational posts one really educational post. So if I use Carrie as an example, um, you know, Reiki can benefit this, this and this, right? It's an educational kind of post. And then one promotional post. come to my Reiki workshop next week. I've got four seats left. So we're so we're using those three posts to be silly, to have fun, to build connection. Then we're using one post to just really do what we call authority positioning. Let people know, okay, I, I got this, I know what I'm doing here. And then one really promotional kind of post. Mm. That's so helpful to have it broken down like that. That's pure gold right there. I'm glad that was helpful.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I think it was like when we're listening to these podcasts and, and, and as you're listening in right now, like imagine what could be different for you if your social media formula was easier, right? So it's like three, one, one. Okay. Did I do my three? Did I do my two, one, uh, my promo, my, my authority positioner? and just being able to do that and i love that you offer this jennifer cuz a lot of people don't do it because they don't have the time and they forget
1: you know you I, know where this where this came from is i used to teach people how to do social media well and I I had what I consider to be a fantastic program that people bought and nobody ever did it. <laughs> and so I was talking with my marketing manager one day and we said, there's gotta be a better way, right? Like we're there's so such a mental hurdle around social media. That let's just do it for them because if you never even have to think about it, if you can copy and paste and you're done, then at least you've got something because what I hate is when uh, if if you imagine a client like this Reiki practitioner, for instance, let's imagine that you're researching her and you go to Carrie's Facebook page and you don't see a post for the last 9 months you're going to presume that she's not seeing clients or patients anymore and you're on down the road to somebody else and it i hate when i see people losing clients from social media so whatever you can do to make it easy so that you will actually do it that is so much better than doing nothing
0: hmm. i'm glad you keep bringing that point home because it's true and i can't tell you the number of times i've look for a contractor, say a virtual assistant, and I look at their social media and I see nothing and I literally click away because I'm like, yep, must not be in business anymore.
1: Yes, I know. And it's so true.
0: And here's the other big thing. And I know that Facebook personal profiles are not necessarily for business, but- have a link to your flipping website because people are going to your page or your yes. profile. And they're. I don't post a lot of business on my profile. I post it on my business page, but I know people go there. So I recently got very intentional about creating more of a presence there to support the people that are just going, hey, what's Melanie up to these days? Can she help me? Oh, crickets, <laughs> guess not. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So we've got to talk about something you've mentioned a few times now, posting, and then the difference between ads and how, like, tell us what we need to know there.
1: And when do we start doing ads versus just posts? Oh my goodness. So if, if your listeners are anything like my clients, Facebook ads seems like stepping out of a plane without a parachute like this big, huge, scary thing that everybody's going to see you. All the world is going to see you and they're not going to like what they see. And you're going to waste a ton of money and you don't know what you're doing. So you're just not going to do it. And I really want to break through that notion because if Facebook ads or Instagram ads, you can Um, Just to be clear about this, you can run ads on Instagram through Facebook and um, that's generally what we recommend. So running ads through Facebook or through Instagram, you can immediately, Melly, like within the next 15 minutes, you can be in front of people that never even knew you existed that need your help. So I really want to encourage everybody to try it. Go try it out for $5. Boost a post. This is all you need to do. Go out to your... Instagram, go out to your Facebook and just boost a post for $5 and see what happens. Because what, what, what you're going to see is that you get so much wider reach and yes, there's a lot more to it. And yes, you could spend lots of money on it. But what I really would encourage is if you can just break through whatever that stigma is, boost a post, find out what your audience is most interested in. You'll connect with new people and you'll start to build your audience that way. Mm. You know, you're
0: inspiring me to get a little more active with ads now. So thank you. I mean, we've we flirted with them and we've gone used them and then not use them, but I forget about the the boosting. Like that's really super simple. And I think it's really effective. So it adding that back simple. to my list.
1: And I'll tell you what I what I encourage people to do that are boosting. If you're starting with boosting truly do not spend more than $5 because you don't know if this is going to be a good ad or not, right? And you've got to understand what are you trying to do? So I want you to be thinking in terms of this boost. And I know you're only betting five bucks, but let's be intentional with that $5. Either you want people to engage with your page. So then you're going to boost like a fun kind of um, silly or inspirational. I sometimes call these um, Facebook candy, right? Um, They're just fun posts. So if your goal is to get either more page likes or more people engaging with your page, you're going to do like a very inspirational post that you boost. If your goal is to build website traffic because because we consider a website visitor really like one of the last steps in the buying process. If your goal is website traffic, then you want an, a post that is going to get them to your website because that's where they have the um, opportunity to to visit around. So do you want more people engaging with you? Boost a $5 post that's fun and maybe a little silly, maybe a little inspirational. Do you want um, more people on your website? Boost a post that is one of the authority posts that gives them a reason to click to your website. Hmm. Good advice.
0: I, I've got like a bazillion questions I want to cover, but we, we only have so much time here. <laughs> So uh, I think one of the things that people are probably thinking to themselves right now is, yeah, I got to really like do this better. I want to get more intentional. And you have a book that's available. Why don't you tell our
1: listeners about your book and where they can find it? Sure. So the book is called Attracting Clients in Uncertain Times because when... When the pandemic hit last year, obviously it took everybody by surprise and a lot of small businesses, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of coaches found that what they had always been doing was no longer working for them. And I, I think that this calls for new approaches to marketing, very much more of a connected type of approach, what I will call give, give, get marketing, right? And so so in order to meet clients where they are right now and serve them in the way that they need right now... We have had to adjust the way we market them, the way we connect them, our marketing message, the problems that we solve, all of those things. So this book is about how to, uh, let's call it update your marketing so that it's more relevant and more impactful in the face of COVID. Hmm. Yeah, I think
0: we're going to find an end to COVID, but we're probably not going to find an end to working from home and all of the shifts that we've made in our, in our work styles. So you hit it dead on, like learning to connect with people in these new uh, ever-changing times, we might even say it's, it's a muscle and it's a skill that will serve you forever. And the book is attractingclientsbook.com, correct? The attracting clients, ah, the We will link that up in the show notes, just to make it super easy for you to get a copy of the book. And this is a real book, like this is a print book that you're
1: sending out. It is. It is also available on Amazon. Um, So you can get it there. You can get it from us. It's a little bit cheaper. Um, I already bought the books. You just have to pay the shipping handling if you get it from me, because I truly feel that it's a mission of mine to get this book in as many hands as possible because I hate... When I see people worried about their financial security, I want to give them the tools to know that they're okay, because when we know that we're okay, we can go out and help our clients know that they're okay. Yeah, well said. Um, I think that's a, that's a, again,
0: it's a skill that we can use for the rest of our life. So thank you for spearheading that and sharing with us what's working right now and and giving people inspiration again to, you know, like let's get social, let's get connected. I mean, you would not believe what shows up when you're consistently active and present on social media platforms. Uh, Things that you don't know can happen will happen. Uh, Opportunities, clients, new relationships that, you know, open new doors. It's a beautiful thing. It really is. Yes. So Jennifer, this is a time where I like to kind of turn the table a little bit and move out of you and your authority and into just kind of learning a couple of personal things about how you got to where you are today. I am genuinely curious with my guests about bold action. You know, we we started talking about mindset and how mindset comes together. And I think you got to have a pretty certain mindset to take bold risks. What is the boldest thing that you did to get where you are in your business today?
1: Ooh, I love that question. So I'm not sure if this is something that everybody can relate to or not, but I am by training a psychotherapist. And when I opened my private practice, I took insurance like I thought I was supposed to. And I realized really quickly that I had dug a hole for myself and it's just the whole managed care with psychotherapy thing is a bit of a mess. And I had built an entire business relying on managed care meaning that the insurance companies sent me clients and I didn't have to market, I didn't really have to do anything. And I woke up one day and said, "I'm I am no longer going to play the game of managed care and I'm going to go fully private pay in my practice. And I'm either going to sink or I'm going to swim. And, um, I can't even tell you how many sleepless nights I had over that because I was giving up Something for something unknown. And it was the biggest exercise of faith and trust and belief in myself and belief in the universe and just knowing that okay, I I have to do something really different if I want to have a very different kind of business. And um, it was terrifying, bold, and to this day, it's the the thing I am most proud of professionally. Hmm.
0: I love that because I I often tell people sometimes you have to let go of what's good to make room for what's extraordinary.
1: Oh, that's so perfect. That's exactly
0: what it was. Yeah. And I could hear that in your stories. You're you're living proof that, you know, sometimes we have to let go of something that's good, but it's limiting us in a lot of ways to allow in that extraordinary thing that's unfolding, but it doesn't have space to grow because you're locked into that. That mediocre or just good enough experience. So that's that's a great example of that. Thank you for sharing it. And I guess the other thing that I, I'm getting curious about for you is, you know, I know that um, we all have to develop some kind of a skill that we don't start our business with to get good to get good in business, right? I'm wondering if there was a skill or a knowledge that you had to learn and master to. Be where you are in your business today.
1: Oh my gosh, there are 847 skills I had to master to be where I am (laughs) right now. That's gonna be a whole book. (laughs) Yeah. If I had to choose, can I give you two? Sure. Okay. So the first thing was, you know, I came, I come from a very blue-collar family. And I always grew up with the understanding that. You work to get a break, like you suffer through the work week in order to get your Friday night and your Saturday off. And I came to my business with that mindset of almost like resentment of the boss, except I was the boss. And I really had to reconfigure. I'm doing, I'm creating something amazing here. And I had to stop being resentful about my work. And maybe that sounds very simple to a lot of your listeners, but for me, I had to get out of the mindset of work was torture that I had to suffer through to get Saturday off. So it was a mindset shift. Very much. And then the second piece was also a mindset shift because I, same mentality, had the belief of I had to do it myself. Right. And now I look back on it, of course, 16 years later, I never could have gotten here by myself, but I didn't hire a business coach. I didn't invest in programs. I didn't do masterminds because I was going to pull myself up by my bootstraps and I was just going to get it done. And of course that was a very limiting mindset because As you know, I mean, this is what you do with your clients. You can't get there without the help of people every step of the way. And this is why the work that you do is so important, because everybody needs somebody who's already been there to help them see the path. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, thank you for saying that. I, I agree. I I think it's a it's an accelerator. Yes. And we can accelerate or we can take the slower route. Neither one's wrong, but you have to decide what what experience that you would like to have. Right. Yep. So thank you. And you know, it was funny you were talking about the the mindset shift. And I was just remembering how when I started my business twenty-one years ago, I was coming out of a corporate gig where I worked 80 hours a week often. And I personally stopped scheduling things for myself on Monday because I I literally needed to feel like I did that Mondays didn't exist because I had so much <laughs> dread when I would go to work. And then there was a point in my business where I had gotten really burned out and I was starting to dread Mondays again and I had to reprogram my my thoughts. I was like, Melanie, you go to work in your own business like right this is a good thing and i and i realize like we get to choose the framework we're giving things and if you're not liking the way it is change your mind or change your reality like we own our own business we're in charge we get to create this how we want so i love that you just brought that forward thank you absolutely Oh, Jennifer, you are such a delight, and I'm so inspired to share this with our Amplifier Success audience. And as you're listening in today, first of all, give a shout out on the show page or in social media. Share the episode. Tell us what what did you get excited about today? What's possible now that you've got the formula, the three one one formula? Download Jennifer, or not download, but get Jennifer's book and. Let's figure out like, how can you take this to a next level? Start serving more people, start making more connections and really leveraging what's possible in a mostly free marketing platform called social media. So Jennifer, thanks for bringing that great inspiration today. It was
1: an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.